it's easy to let pressing matters get in the forefront without sort of thinking, hey, is this something that's being put on me by something else? Or is this really something that I want to do? And you have to sometimes be selfish about saying, look, this is important to me and I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to do it right now. Hello, and thank you for joining us on Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Jill Farmer, one of the co-hosts of the podcast and one of the lead coaches over at docworking.com. And I'm really excited today to be joined by Dr. Michael Webb. He is a neurosurgeon from Austin, Texas. But today we're not talking about neurosurgery, so to speak. We're going to be talking about fatherhood, a role that Michael has had for now coming up on just about 18 years. And I want to talk a little bit about that because I know with my other male physician clients, Michael, one of the things I hear is that the thing that they didn't realize before they got into this role as father, that there has to be some intentionality about making time for that important role as it blends into the other obligations and responsibilities that come with the work of being a neurosurgeon. So Tell me a little bit about how you have tried to practice that intentionality in your life as a father. Well, that's a great question. Yeah, I think it's it's something that I always wanted to do. I I always wanted to be a good father and I always enjoyed spending time with our son from the time that I met him. But you're right. I mean, it's so easy for this kind of job and not just neurosurgery, but I think any kind of physician, it's just easy to let the obligations of that lifestyle kind of get ahead of you. And so I think it's just a matter of, of you have to be able to make that choice to do father thing, to do that kind of stuff. When you get home, there's planning involved, just knowing that when you get home, you're going to do this or that. And then there's, you know, just doing it, I suppose. I mean, it's really more of a choice, I think, to do it. Yeah. And I think you've hit on something really, really important when I talk to physicians, both moms and dads, but particularly dads, that there was kind of a presumption when they were growing up that you didn't have to plan time to be with your kids. Dad was just there and it just happened kind of organically. And it's just this thing that you do once you have a kid that the time needed to be with them and to parent them just kind of organically shows up. And I think what I'm hearing from a lot of young dads, especially as they're discovering that everything else can squeeze out that time. And if you don't actually, it sounds crazy to some people, but actually plan, as you said, when you're going to spend that time, how you're going to prioritize and what you do before you know it, you know, years have gone by and work has never slowed down and the responsibilities have never quieted down. Have you observed that in colleagues and in other fathers, or have you noticed that you had to really be nitty gritty about planning that time specifically as well? Yes, I think I've noticed it all around. I mean, especially with myself, it's just so easy to let that time get away from you. So, you know, one of the things that I've always tried to do is just have sort of rituals or routines, you know, so that there's that one time, you know, it's going to happen. So, you know, for me, it's typically right when I get home from work, you know, when I was a resident, as soon as I would get home, Andrew would meet me at the door and we'd walk down to the park and, you know, he'd go on the playscape and things like that. And then as we moved to different places and I got different jobs and started a practice and everything, we still sort of left that, uh, as soon as I get home time to, you know, kind of do something somewhat repetitive, but it gets you spending time together. You know, so now if I get home, we'll go out into the garage and put some golf balls on the mat or something like that. 
So I think having that routine, you know, so that no matter how you feel when you get home, you know, okay, this is the time where I do this, you know, and then you go do it. So I think that's probably for me, one of the more important ways to get that done. But yeah, I think you notice that all over the place. It's easy to let pressing matters get in the forefront without sort of thinking, hey, is this something that's being put on me by something else? Or is this really something that I want to do? And you have to sometimes be selfish about saying, look, this is important to me and I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to do it right now. Yeah. So that leads us to another question, which is boundaries, right? (laughs) Because the system, right? Picking on the big system of the business of the medical system doesn't write physicians a prescription to say, hey, we want you to really feel balanced and feel like you have enough time with your kids. (laughs) So what's your advice for physicians and maybe younger physicians and younger dads who are trying to be successful in their jobs, right? They want to be successful and also feel like they are valuing their role as fathers in a way that will feel good to them down the line. Yeah, that's such an important concept. It's a great question. I think one of the first steps is realizing just what you touched on that the system, you know, it's a machine, it's there, it has its own life that it needs to get done. And and it's an interesting time in medicine. I think it seems like medicine is kind of crossing sort of the threshold between being a profession or something that you live and more of a job that you do. And I think in part, it's the machine that's kind of causing that. You know, I think you just sort of have to recognize that organized healthcare, the machine doesn't really care if you're spending time with your kids. What it wants to do is have you treat patients and generate RVUs and, you know, not get in trouble. And, you know, you have to realize that they're not going to do that for you. I think you you kind of have to sort of take responsibility for what you want to do and just make time to have that happen, realizing that you're not going to make everybody happy. And I think it kind of goes back to what we're talking about with choice. I mean, at some point you have to sort of choose what it is you want to be really good at. And that's hard because you want to do everything, right? I mean, you get a job at a place like Harvard and you want to be a great doctor and you want to be a great academician. You want to write good papers and, you know, that all takes time. And it's hard to do everything. So it really comes down to sort of making choices about what you prioritize and then realizing that, I don't remember where I heard this, but you can sort of do anything you want, but you can't do everything you want. You know, so you just have to figure out what it is you really want to do and and then focus on that. And I think you also have to take that second step to say the things that seem like they're the most important things that you need to get done are always the most important things that you need to get done right then. And I think you have to sort of realize five, 10 years down the road, what the results would be of not spending time with my kid? You know, you kind of have a longer view that would be rewarding to have done these little things, even though today it doesn't feel like it's that big a deal. You know, a whole day's worth of five years from now is going to be a big deal. That's something that would be very rewarding. Yeah, I like that. The the two really important key, I think, takeaways from what you just said. And one is when you're in the thick of it, sometimes this false presumption that people have, particularly not too long after training, I think, where it's like somehow somebody from the outside is going to take care of making sure everything gets worked out and tells you how to do it. And so it gets worked out. And it's kind of taking the reins back, putting yourself in the driver's seat of really what your priorities, what your values are, what matters most to you. And sometimes those aren't totally aligned with what matters to the machine. And so that can be uncomfortable, but it's not impossible. And that's the thing I try to remind people. So I think that's huge. And then also, I think that the reframing technique of pulling back and saying, is this going to matter in 10 minutes, 10 months, 10 years, to give yourself that perspective 
can really be clarifying in situations where it feels like you're kind of stuck or feeling pulled in multiple directions. So that's a really good piece of information, piece of advice that you gave. So how do you make time for doing things that are not work that you enjoy, hobbies or interests or activities, and not feel like, oh, you know, I should be spending more time as a dad. How do you fit that into your life and balance some of that in with the other responsibilities? Well, I think the the first thing, and I've really only come to this over the last, I think, few years, I used to be very scattered about my interests. I mean, there's a lot of things that I find interesting. And there's a lot of things that I was trying to do. And I was trying to write computer programs. And I was trying to, you know, make these little microcontroller things. And I was trying to play golf and tennis and hike and stuff like that. And I think at some point you realize, well, okay, and I'm going to have to pick some things that I like, but I can't do all these things, you know, because you end up not being particularly good and you end up spending so much time catching yourself back up, you know? So I think that the first thing that I did was just sort of pick a couple things that I really found interesting and just sort of focused on those two things, you know, for myself. And then you know, with that, then what I try to do is work my son into one of those things. You know, like, for instance, he likes to go out and golf. And I'm sure it sounds very stereotypical to golf, but, you know, it's fun. It's outside and it's relaxing and it's something that he likes to do. So I try to work him into that. So I, not only am I taking care of myself, but it's also something that he and I are, you know, sort of peripherally together with. And then he understands then if it's, say, Sunday and I want to go play by myself, he sort of realizes, well, that's not that unusual, you know, like that, that people want to do that. So I think it's been more sort of prioritizing my hobbies into sort of a couple different things, basically, too. And then trying to work him in a little bit to one of them so that we're spending a little bit of time together. But it's also something that I can do by myself. It doesn't seem, you know, unusual to do that. Yeah, I think for the physician parents, learning to integrate some of these things together can be really helpful. I was just talking to another physician client the other day who was trying to fit more exercise in. So when he's taking his kids to the park now, every time he gets over the play area, it's some push-ups and sit-ups for him. And another client kid got into a new sport that he had never participated in rowing. And he decided he was going to take a learn to row class just to be able to sort of not necessarily that he was going to be, you know, certainly not rowing on the high school team with his kid, but they had a shared language. And I think that's part of what it is too. It's not so much whether, you know, you or Andrew probably are going to make the PGA tour when you're going to play golf, but it's that you have this thing that you have another place that you can connect around, which I think is really cool. Yeah. I like that idea of shared language and hopefully the next step will be getting into dictate notes for me. If I could get him this really into charting. I would be really happy to have that shared language together. Yeah. You know, I actually have had physician parents clients when they talk about how charting kind of takes them away from the family and they figured out the kids were watching cartoons at certain part of the day. And well, mom or dad was charting, then they were watching cartoons next to each other or near each other in the same space. It's not exactly quality shared time, but there was something about it that felt a little less onerous and somehow was just a way to try to integrate those two very separate things, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Michael, you've given us some really good ideas based on your experience and willingness to prune away things, but based on your values, what mattered to you, and then be willing to take the broad spectrum of things that you were doing and narrow it down in a way that really lined up with your values and allowed you to do two things that are really important to you, and that's to parent and to be a physician who's taking really good care of your clients as a neurosurgeon. So. Thank you so much for your time today. And thanks all of you for tuning in to listen to this edition of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. We have something new and exciting to tell you about. So I want you to hop over to docworking.com. 
Doc Working Thrive is getting ready to launch in a very short time. And what that is, is a subscription service for physicians. It includes an excellent self-paced course called STAT that is all about quick wins for living well. It is group coaching. It is a Facebook group where you have a chance to connect to other physicians and coaches to ask questions about things that are happening in your life. And it also includes weekly video tips to come and give you advice on important things in your life. So we're really excited about this. The price is almost too good to be true. It's so good. And I really think it's going to be a fabulous support network for physicians. So we hope you hop on over, check out Doc Working Thrive today. And until next time, we'll see you on Doc Working, the whole physician podcast. Hello, and thank you for listening. This is Amanda Taran. I'm the producer of the Doc Working Podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe. We would also love it if you checked out our website, which is docworking.com. And you can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. On Instagram, we are docworking1, and that is with the number one. When you check us out on social, please let us know what you would like to hear on the podcast. Your feedback really means a lot to us. And if you're a physician with a story you'd like to tell, please reach out to me at amanda at docworking.com to apply to be on the podcast. Thank you again, and we look forward to talking with you on the next episode of Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast.